Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be the indifference of good men. But first, a prayer. All that I am, all that I have, all that I shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. To those listeners who are regular listeners and have migrated from my original podcast channel are well aware that I use um, I use a clip actually I use two or three uh, two or three clips from the movie Boondock Saints but I always use this particular clip at the beginning and that is and it, funnily enough um, that that uh, clip that I use is at the beginning of the movie. And basically, the two, the two heroes of the story, um, they're good Irish Catholic kids. And they're, well, I wouldn't say they're good, but they, they go to church. They, they don't just go on Sunday. They catch the afternoon Mass. And they're in the afternoon Mass. And they're Monsignors giving the sermon. And he's talking about the Kenny, I'm sorry, Kitty Genovese murders. For those of you, and I'm sure it's a lot of you, uh, it was a murder in either New York or Boston in the early 1960s. Kitty Genovese was trying to walk home and she was doing it alone. And somebody walked up to her and I want to say they stabbed her over 20 times. And she was crying for help, not just when she was being stabbed, because eventually her killer got tired of it and just walked away. It took her a long time to die. And while she was dying, she was crying out for help. Now, for my American listeners... In any neighborhood in New York and in Boston, um, it doesn't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, 9 p.m., 5 p.m., 2 p.m., there are people within hearing distance. There's stuff going on. And nobody went to help this young woman. She ended up dying of blood loss out on the street because her neighbors were too cowardly and too indifferent to do anything. And the Monsignor, after he tells his story, he says, we must all fear evil men, but there is another evil we must fear most 
And that is the indifference of good men. Now, I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to know this. Um, the, the quote of uh, the worst evil is the indifference of good men was actually written by a Irish philosopher. He was also an MP in the in the British Parliament um, in the early 1700s named Edmund Burke. He's rather famous along the uh, the National Review crowd for that quote. Although given given my interactions with some of that crowd, um, I think nowadays they're they're that these guys are even unaware of that quote. So what was Edmund Burke? What was Edmund Burke talking about when he was saying the worst evil of society is the indifference of good men? What was he saying? Well, for that, I have to talk about a quote made by the uh, grifter-in-chief, Glenn Beck, when he had his TV show back in um, the 2010s, 2009s. He said that this quote came for Jefferson. If it neither picks my pocket nor breaks my arm, I don't have an issue with it. Now, I'm sure, well, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure most of my American audience members will know that Thomas Jefferson not just wrote the Declaration of Independence, but he also helped set up um, he set, helped set up the Constitutional Convention. And um, obviously he I believe he was the third president. I think it went Washington, Adams, and then Jefferson, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Now, I'm sure to your based and red-pilled liber, uh, libertarians, oh, yeah, 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 that's right, buddy. I should just be able to live in my little homestead, and if the world falls apart around me, that's not my issue. That's your issue, buddy. Now, on a spiritual level, I'm just going to go come right out and say it. On a true Catholic level, there is so much wrong with that attitude. I don't even know where to begin. But let's just take the most blatant example of this philosophy. If it neither picks my pocket... Breaks my arm. I have no issue with it. Basically, first of all, it means we're all atomized individuals. And this, this, uh, this attitude, it's just not amongst libertarians. It's amongst quote-unquote progressives and quote-unquote 
society and culture. It's, it's, it's the uh, operating philosophy of today's culture. So, today, we have young girls... And when I say young, we're talking anywhere between 11 and 14 years old on um, pornography websites um, performing pornographic acts and in some cases... I've got to, I've got to, uh, oh, I'm not going to try to, to, to guess motivation, but the, some of the blurbs in, in the uh, videos I've seen was that their parents actually bought them sex toys and stuff, and I'm trying to keep it churched up as I can here, and some of these girls... Now, you could just say, oh, it's because you're an old man. You don't understand nothing. Some of these girls, if they'd been living back when I was in high school, I mean, never mind the fact that they look about 11 or 12 years old. Never, never mind that fact. But if they'd been teenage girls tatted up that badly, they would have been treated like freaks. And outcasts. And these guys, the way the websites are run, is they have a group of what the internet calls simps. These are usually lonely young men who have a hard time being with women. And so they send quote-unquote donations to these girls to perform acts that would make a 1950s porno, um, porno actress blush. We have that. And because it neither picks our, uh, picks our pocket or breaks our arm, the general attitude in society is, yes, we find this distasteful, but who does it hurt? And amongst the misguided, I will call them misguided, Religious, and they tend to be the younger types or real sheltered types. They think that these girls are being exploited. How exactly? Because the girl herself must open the OnlyFans account. And not only that, they're trying to observe the law. So in order for somebody younger than 18 to do an OnlyFans, they have to get fake ID. And I'm sure that the guys that run OnlyFans know this. You, you don't have to be a genius to look at them and, and see that these girls are clearly underage. 
But some of these misguided people will swear up and down that they're being exploited. As I said in earlier episodes, I'm not saying that there isn't pornography that exploits underage boys and girls doing some horrendous stuff. What I'm saying is, if a girl... If a girl's on OnlyFans, she's not being exploited. She's trying to make a quick buck, or a not-so-quick buck, off of her good looks on a bunch of guys that she knows are lonely and, um, I'm just going to put it bluntly, uh, lonely and horny guys. And for those of us who should know human nature, it's a story as, time, as old as time itself. So we got that going on. Then, then, we have the parents, mostly mothers, but some fathers involved, who are mutilating their kids because they think that their kids were born the wrong sex or... Whatever their reason is, they, 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 kids as young as six years old, they're, they're pumping them full of hormones, they're injecting whatever it is they inject, you know, and the kid has no say because these are his parents. We have that. I mean, and once again, you know, I'm sure that the majority of people that considers itself decent society thinks, oh, this is terrible, but there's nothing I can do about it. So we have that. We have a election. Now, fortunately for me, I learned after January 6th how our political system was rigged from the get-go. But for a lot of people, the election was blatantly stolen. And, oh, what can I do? You know, the, the government's so much bigger than me and blah, blah, blah. We have literal communist uh, terrorist organizations... <coughs> Antifa, <coughs> BLM, taking over entire se uh, sections of cities. And nobody, you know, if, if they're taking over, let's just say, 10 blocks a mile, the, the citizens within those 10 blocks outnumber those Lord help me. Those people. But once again. Crickets. We have young kids being put into foster homes. Which. If they are. Uh, where some of the foster parents are literally selling these kids to child traffickers and to anybody who who wants to challenge how I know this 
You can drop me a line on listener mailbag, and I'll tell you exactly how I know it. Um, some of the parents are selling their kids to child traffickers. Nah, who cares? I won't say they don't care, but it's like, well, what can I do? Well, uh, I, I, there's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do. Um, people are are putting up with shoddy goods and services because. I'm sure the, the reasons vary, but they're putting up... And by the way, the shoddy goods and services, honestly, that that is the lowest uh, priority in what I'm talking about here. But it's part of the society and the um, societal and the cultural decay. You know... Parents don't want to be parents anymore. And by the way, this is just a broad brush. It's, uh, I'm sorry, it's a uh, generalization. It's not a broad brush. I'm not saying all parents are like this. But a lot of parents, oh, I'd, I'd rather be his good buddy. Hey, son. Ah, you're 16 now. Here's a bottle of booze. Have fun. I'm not saying that that happens all the time, but it does happen. They'd rather be friends than parents. And people wonder why the younger kids act is as like like a wild kid that's been living out in the wild for the past 20 years acts. And now it's getting to the point Where, I'll just call them the powers that be. Uh, For those of you who don't, who aren't uh, familiar with my podcast, when I say the powers that be, I'm talking about our Masonically, our Satanic, Satanic Masonist government. That we're getting to the point where they commit and by the way, see, if, if the atrocities that they were committing on their own citizens were like happening, uh, let's just say the last 10 years, I could understand why people not being a little more reactive would be a thing. But the government agencies literally... Uh, and by the way, it's just not the agencies. Congress breaks the Constitution all the time. The president of the executive branch breaks the Constitution all the time. And even the Supreme Court is not consistent in its rulings. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. But... You would think on just on a personal level, 
when things like Waco, Randy Weaver, name your government atrocity, well, the local cops shooting unarmed citizens. Um, you would think people would be a little more upset about that because, hey, it's actually happening to us. But see, on a, on, a, on a macro scale, this goes back to what I say about us being atomized. Because nowadays what people think when some unarmed person gets shot or beaten by the cops or a group, the wrong group, <laughs> gets uh, victimized by some government agency, well, it didn't happen to me. And that's, that's the bottom line. It didn't happen to me. If it doesn't happen to me, I'm not concerned. And that is so... I'm just going to be blunt. That is so stupid that if you believe that, you don't deserve to live. Because ultimately, once it does happen to you, guess what? It's too late to do anything about it. And even if, if you manage to live the encounter and say, wait a minute, this is wrong. We need to do something. Well, <laughs> your fellow citizens don't think because it hasn't happened to them yet either. Has it? But that's, that's the, that's the philosophy of Jefferson. Well, it didn't, it didn't affect me personally, so I don't care. Yeah. It didn't happen to you personally until it does happen to you personally. And heaven forbid that it should actually kill you. Because, as they always say in the movies, dead man can't complain. You know, but everybody is indifferent and um, lazy and self-satisfied for a lot of things. I mean, we, our, our powers that be have literally made the conditions ripe for the enactment of the Great Reset here in America. To the point that when it goes bloody, and I guarantee you it will go bloody. It's not going to go bloody in, I would say, a lot of cases. Not, not because people are fighting back. Some people will fight back. But the people who will be fighting back will be fighting against the military, the government enforcement agencies, FBI, ATF, um, CIA, uh, IRS. And that here's, here's the scary part, people. Think about this. They'll be fighting against their fellow citizens who are so brainwashed into this 
cult of personality we're living in. I, I don't want to say cult of personality. Just this brain. We're, uh, a lot of people are brainwashed into love of government above all else. That if they hear it on their on their little blog, or if they hear it from their podcaster, oh yeah, these 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 guys that are uprising. Yeah, they. You need to fight them, man, because they're they're the bad guys. They're the fascies. They're the fascies. They're the commies. They're this, they're that. And people will actually fight their fellow citizens under the misapprehension that that their that their government actually cares about them and that these people are, are somehow bad people because they don't you know they're they're fighting their government. I'm actually old enough to remember when the narrative was when I was growing up in the 70s was that the Patriots or what what we called the Patriots who rose up a king against King George III were actual heroes because they were protesting injustice. How it actually turned out in real practice was they were heroes because they were the guys who formed their own government and managed to um and managed to um put the entire 13 colonies under their rule and that they successfully they successfully implemented their propaganda to the point where um that the average American will be willing to overlook a, the, the, the atrocities that are committed. The atrocities that are committed or have been committed by the United States government or individuals affiliated with the United States government. Now, when I was in politics I had enough historical knowledge to know that we did some horrendous crap but when the left wingers would would point it out I was of the mindset well of well because Amer- left wingers hate America they uh they exaggerate um, honestly, honestly speaking, um, the only difference between a quote-unquote based and red-pilled right-winger and a progressive is the, if Generally, when when the progressives piss and moan the most is when they don't have the levers of power, at least not apparently. But they're they're all they're all of the same mindset, the Masonic mindset. 
once again, I'm going to go back to, it doesn't matter to me if the Illuminatis are the progressives and the Masons are the quote-unquote conservatives. It, that, that doesn't interest me. What, what I'm concerned about is these people are going to turn over their fellow citizens over to a worldwide oligarchy known as the World Economic Forum and there will be global slavery. But this, I've already covered that in my last uh, episode. So the indifference of good men. And honestly speaking, when they use the word good, I always remember that line of the, I think it, it's the rich young ruler, or it could have been uh, like a scribe or a Pharisee, but he goes up to Jesus and he's like, good master. And Jesus is like, why do you call me good? Nobody is good but the Father in heaven. Now, obviously, he, he and the Father in heaven are one and the same. But he, in his own way, what he was trying to tell that, that person was, was that nobody in and of themselves are good. Unless they are trying to serve God by turning over their will to God and doing His will obediently and unquestioningly. So when I hear the term good man, this is already explained what I think, but when I hear good man, I'm thinking. What they're calling good are just people that on the surface, on the surface, yes, you know, they go back to the 90s. I pay my taxes. I'm a good citizen. Like paying your taxes is somehow, by the way, boomers, of course, but paying your taxes is some sort of measuring stick to your morality. Drug dealers, rapists, and murderers pay their taxes. You wouldn't call them good, and you wouldn't call them moral either. And by the way, in God's eyes, um, you know, it just because you pay your taxes and your inward sins aren't blatant, you know, maybe you're, uh, you're, uh, maybe you're, you're a hypocrite or maybe you're proud or maybe you, uh, you don't necessarily cheat on your wife, but you do check out other women. You flirt with women at work or better yet, maybe you watch a little pornography but, you know, because it's all on the down low, nobody knows about it. That's, that's, when they say good men, that's what I hear. Now, what I consider good men, 
take it for what it's worth. I see good men. When they see an injustice, they say something. When they see an injustice and there's actually something that they can do. Now, when I say something that they can actually do, I don't mean that they do it because there's going to be no consequences. They do it regardless of the consequences. You know, that means if, if, if some guy is trying to rape and mug a woman and he's got a gun, you go and try to disarm that guy even though he may kill you. That's what I'm talking about. A good man. That man wasn't worried. Oh, this guy could kill me. He, I got to stop this. I need to do something. To me, a good man, they, they call out, they call out evil, they fight evil where they can, how they can, regardless of the consequences. And on a spiritual level, a good man, um, tries to uh, submit himself to God's will in all things and do his will as best as he can. I've covered this, that particular issue in other episodes. That's a good man. And here's another thing too. The reason why society is all screwed up is because nobody wants to take responsibility for themselves. Oh, it was my parents' fault. Oh, it was my teacher's fault. Oh, it was, it was my neighbor's fault. It was my wife's fault. It was my husband's fault. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody's fault but your own. And everybody is so quick. Well, you know, if, if fat people just lost weight. First of all, if a person's fat, it's none of your business. If you're fat, it's your business. But if your neighbor's fat, shut up. It's none of your business. Now, in the case of people who indulge in pornography, male and female, I know there's the trope that, oh, females don't do that. They do. But unless they're underage and they're being exploited, you're... I, I've literally heard people on YouTube, oh, those degenerates, they're degenerate. <sighs> and if you listen to them, these are the same guys who unironically support fascism. Now, you know, to the shallow viewer, they're clean cut, they wear nice clothes, they seem like nice pe good people. But the minute you start saying, oh, we need to go back to Mussolini. Oh, we need to go back to Mustache Man. No, you've, <laughs> that tells me right there all I need to know. That you have got something seriously wrong in your spiritual life. Um, we criticize people um, because they're not, they're not toned. They're not muscled. Hell, dude, you need to hit the gym, bro. You need to hit the gym. Meanwhile, this is the guy who 
every weekend drinks himself silly and picks up random women to bang at home. Worry about yourself. It's none of your business. Now, before I get some 300 IQ taker, so who just said the indifference? I'm talking about actual evils. I'm not talking about a person's shortcomings. There's a difference between an overweight person and the guy who literally runs a child trafficking operation. And if you are too autistic to get the difference, there's no hope for you. I've, I've quoted this quote. I think I've attributed to St. Francis Assisi. It was either St. Francis Assisi or maybe St. Uh, Francis Xavier who said, if you, want to ref- if you want to reform society, reform yourself. That's coming from a Catholic saint. And quite honestly, you don't need to, well, in order for it to be a real transformation, you're going to need to be real Catholic. But at least it's a jumping off point. It's not a bad, no, it's a great philosophy. Consumerism. Once again, that's a personal failing. You know, if people get all excited about the Star Wars or whatever, that's a personal failing. That's their business. That's not yours. Shut your pie hole. Fix yourself. And if I might gently ask, or I'm sorry, if I might gently suggest, you can only do that and be successful by forming a... a, a better relationship with the God that you may or may not claim that you love. I said the last part for the agnostics and the atheists. Because there's a lot in Christianity. Of course, you'll never hear the evangelical atheists or the um, agnostics who are comfortable where they're at admit that there's a lot in Catholicism that if they actually, they don't necessarily need to be Catholics, but they actually tried to put the practices in their life, they might turn out to be better human beings than they are. I am so sick and tired of hearing a bunch of people Gripe and moan and and tell everyone else what is wrong with them. When, if they ever turned their eye upon themselves, they've realized just how screwed up they are. And by the way, I'm not just talking about podcasters or society in general. There's a lot of quote-unquote sedvacantists who do the very same thing. I've, I've said ad nauseum, there's a segment of Sedicantism, Sedicantists, 
who are more judgmental and more self-righteous than the worst of the Pharisees that lived during Jesus' era. But because they are so spiritually blind, they, they, they think that they're righteous. They're righteous in their head. I'm righteous, bro. I'm righteous. I do the sacraments. I do the rosary. Ah. If you're treating people contemptuously, not just online, but in your day-to-day existence, and you don't realize that you're being a contemptible little turd, then (laughs) only an act of God is going to help you. And I literally hope that he does help you. Because if you think you're being self-righteous and you're acting no better than your secular neighbors, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, good luck with that when you, when you have to go for your judgment. Good luck with that. So, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. If you gave me 40 minutes of your time, I really do appreciate it. I really do. And I don't care if you agreed or not. I appreciate you giving me your time. And for what it's worth, I do care about you. I pray for everyone, and I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. So, thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.